time for the podcast we're super excited man it's gonna be a great episode but we're also excited about the one the only hamish allen headley coming on the show from mayor of kingstown oh man robert himself yes. you know who he is the badass swat guy that you go to when you're in trouble and you need a cleanup exactly that guy <laughs> um it kind of like a real life like like that's your guy that's the guy you go to wait until you hear this interview man he's just fantastic and when you hear where he came from and how he got to where he is now it's an amazing story man it really is it really is it caught me by surprise i'll oh, admit sure i'll admit but man oh man we're super excited about that but that's later on the show now here's a word from our sponsor this episode is sponsored by Self Pause, a self affirmation yes. meditation app that helps you start your day, stay motivated, and love yourself. Because you guys know we have been talking about this subject a lot with our guests on the podcast about staying mentally prepared for the entertainment industry and how to do that when preparing yourself for life. So, this app, Self Pause, is definitely a way to keep your mental health on track absolutely and here's the really great thing about it it's available in the app store so you can get it no matter what you got what kind of phone you got or whatever and there's they offer two different tiers there's a free tier and a premium tier now if you're worried about the premium tier guess what you can try it out free for two weeks, 14 days, and then it's only $3.99 after that a month. I mean, to keep your mental stability and to keep positive and keep re- that's worth it. Exactly. Totally worth it. Exactly. You guys need to check this app out. Do it. We do it. We love it. I think you will too. I really think so as well. Selfpause.com and like he said, uh, Google Play and the App Store on iOS iPhone systems. Yes. But now it is time to get this crazy show started. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we are on YouTube this week. So excited about it. Oh my goodness, you guys know I am the camera to freaking guy, so I was... I was upset. I was very upset, but we're here, we're happy, and it's going to be a great episode, guys, because you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Guys, we got so much going down in Hollywood this week, so many beautiful things. Are you This Is Us fans along with Marvel fans? Ooh, we got some sweet news for you about I was that very one. excited about this Dude, one. Dude, I mean, beautiful, beautiful casting. Um, and of course, we're talking more about the Oscars. Those are coming up next month, so you know we got to stay up to date with that and just so much stuff happening with the streaming wars and new shows coming out and all the beautiful things in the entertainment industry (laughs) if it's going down in hollywood we are talking about it but before we get the industry news started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we got shirts we got hats we got sweatshirts we got tank tops if you go to the gym we have all your workout attire if you sleep we have your sleeping attire if you wear socks we have your socks attire we have it all for basically anyone like seriously if you follow jeremy gordon you saw if you cook we have aprons literally yeah yeah his little guy had an apron on it looked so good it I looked know. so amazing i'm so excited. by the way thank you jeremy awesome job yes so great <laughs> so great we have bags we have it all we have Everything. it all so be sure to head over there www.crazyantmedia.com and be sure to follow us at crazy media and at itcaf podcast so you can know 
those promo codes and those promo yes. times. So I'm just saying, just saying, it's necessary. It's necessary. <laughs> but of course, we're getting started with the juggernaut itself, Disney. And you know, eight out of the 23 Oscar categories will not be presented live on March 27th broadcast. Not now, a popular decision. Yeah, not a popular decision. A lot of people on Twitter are hammering this one. Um, instead, they will be taped in the hour before the telecast and then run at points during the show. Uh, those categories are a documentary of the short film, uh, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, music on the original score side, uh, production design, short film animated, and short film live action, and also sound. Now, in a letter just went out from the Academy president, uh, David Rubin, um, to nominees and members, uh, explanations were given for the change, saying it is intended to broaden the audience for the show. Sources at the Academy also indicate that decision came after suggestions from ABC, probably trying to shorten it down, where feedback was offered um, with the understanding that they need to increase and maintain uh, viewer engagement and how important that is. Because you know so many times everybody complains about how long it is and they'll drop in and out during the broadcast. So they're trying to fix that, man. They're trying to fix it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, you know, because, guys, it's not that it won't air during the Oscars. Yeah. It's just you won't know. Because they're going to edit it and then put it in there as if, you know, it was live, but it'll be edited. But, and I get that. I get shorten the speeches down, cut the speeches down, whatever to kind of yeah. do. But Newsflash, ABC, and you know we love Disney. You know we you love know. them all. But Newsflash, if you want people to stay engaged and build the audience and watch, you need to tell the Academy to fucking broaden its, like, take the blinders off and broaden the fucking, like, scope. Yep. Spider-Man No Way Home, that would attract a fucking audience, Just okay? Saying. Just say, you know, one movie, guys, one movie, Dune. Out of all the Oscar nominees, only one movie, Dune, made more than $100 million at the box office. Yep. That is the problem. Yep. Not taking away anything from the other films. They're all brilliant filmmakers. They're all worthy of Oscar nominations. But if you want a broad audience and a large you know, following to watch your show, you have to include the audiences that are seeing the blockbusters, that are seeing those type films. Otherwise... You're not getting it. Exactly. I mean, and I'm sorry, I mean, we, but... we hear this conversation and we hear this term all the time when it comes to the Oscars and the films nominated. The artsy films yeah. get nominated. Well, artsy is actually just films that don't get seen by a mass audience. Like, that's all artsy is. So, I mean, you know, because every single film that gets put out there is art. So, I mean, they, exactly. they classify artsy basically as the ones that not a lot of people see. So it's it's interesting, man. It's interesting. And, yeah, I think there's going to be some spoilers, too. Since it's taped, you know, an hour before the actual broadcast, you know people are going to be tweeting who are actually yeah. at the awards. Be like, oh, my goodness, so-and-so won. Be like, well, we didn't know that yet because it's not on TV yet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I'm excited, though, because we're still plowing through all of the films for the Oscars. I think we're doing a pretty good job. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got, I think, 22 of them down so yeah. far out of 38. I mean, I'm getting just there. Saying, Still got a saying. month to go. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Now, guys, you know, Blade. Yes. One of the first Marvel movies ever, even predated the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, guys, now the MCU is rebooting it. It's, you know, you guys know, you've heard the story. Well, casting announcements are coming left and right. They are adding people to this. So, the Blade reboot, by the way, it's it's 
actually getting ready to start filming. Yeah. They have added uh, Aaron Pierre to the cast of the upcoming, and as you guys know, Marcella Ali is going to play Blade film. No details regarding Pierre's character are available, but sources say that Marvel Studios engaged in a very deliberate and sweeping casting process. So they kind of knew exactly who they wanted for this role. Mm. Uh, Pierre is now the third official addition to the Blade cast. As you guys would remember, in November, we told you that Delroy Lindo officially joined the Marvel reboot in a mystery role. Now, Ali's casting as the eponymous vampire hunter himself... Um, a blade, <laughs> like uh, blah, blah, blah. that was uh it, it, it unveiled in 2019 at the big you know Disney 23 Marvel Fan Fest kind of thing. So that's been out there for a while now, and in my opinion, perfect casting. Yeah, I mean, completely if, agree. You know, I'd still like to see Wesley in a little cameo, right? Or something. Somewhere, somewhere, I think that would be really cool. But I don't think they could have done this better. Right. Honestly, I'm exactly, excited for it. Exactly, because you know, with vampires being out there, you know, there's got to be other bounty hunters. So oh, there's got to be. Or you know, I mean, you know, the multiverse is there now. Just so, so yeah, we could have both blades. Oh, so epic, so epic. Now this next one is what we teased late earlier on the show. This is so super exciting because we love her. She's an amazing actress. Yes. This is a star. Lyric Ross has signed on for a role in the upcoming Marvel series Ironheart. Now Ross joins the previously announced cast members Dominique Thorne and Anthony Ramos. As we've previously reported on the show, it follows uh, the Marvel character Riri Williams. Played by, uh, obviously, Thorne, a genius inventor and creator Facts. of the most advanced suit of armor since the man himself, Iron Man. Um, <laughs> Ross is believed to be playing Williams' best friend. Now, details on the character uh, Ramos is playing is completely kept under wraps at the moment. And so, I mean, you know... We got our theories, but we're super excited. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just pumped because I, mean, I think this is going to be a great fucking show. I think it's going to be a brilliant show. Now, all you comic book hardcore guys, relax. Chill. They are taking a little liberty. She's obviously being introduced in Black Panther, the sequel to Black Panther. So it looks like maybe the technology and stuff's coming from there. She's not going to be, you know, the men- mentee of Iron Man like in the comic books and everything. Chill. Calm down. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic, and Ironheart is going to kick ass. Just okay? have faith. Just have faith. Now, I've got some really exciting news if you're north of the border. That's all I'm going to say. Unfortunately, <laughs> not for us. Yeah. But it is exciting nonetheless. Marvel's first run of TV shows set in the cinematic universe. Remember that whole, it's all connected, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, but it is, but it wasn't, but it, was, but but it, it is. is. <laughs> yeah, that. Okay, I'm, of course, talking about Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Defenders. Yes. Well, guess what? They leave Netflix March 1st, and they've got a new home. Yes, they officially have a new home. They are coming to Disney+. Plus. Wild. Canada. Canada. Oh. There's the oh. catch. Hey. They're coming to Disney Plus Canada. Hey. So there's no official word yet as to whether they'll show up on Disney Plus in America. More likely Hulu. That's what we're hearing. It's probably going to be Hulu, but it could be Disney Plus. We don't know. Maybe that's the Moon Knight trial. They're waiting to see if the violence yeah. is going to go well or not. We don't know. Um, but as you guys know, you know, that hasn't kept them from appearing in the MCU. We've had Daredevil show up in, in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. We've no had home. Kingpin show No Way Home. Uh, we've had uh, Kingpin show up in Hawkeye. and um, So you, they're there. They're there. They're, Obviously. They're, 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 they're getting there. So um, I feel pretty confident Hulu. 
I think so too. I think so too. I think they're definitely testing how it's going to be in Canada, so it's not on the mainland. But you know, I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped for you know just transitioning. I'm excited for this transitional period because have you? If anybody has been watching Disney Plus, I'm sure you have noticed a lot of the ABC shows mm. have been showing up on Disney Plus, like you know Blackish, Grownish, Wonder Years, and a couple of others. But definitely Grownish. That's very much a teenage adult show. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of on the same realm when it comes to drugs, sex, and violence. And, well, not violence, but cursing. So, I mean, you know, they're testing the boundaries a little bit. They're testing the boundaries. Whoa. And I like it. I like it because, you know, you got to evolve even though you want to stick to that Disney brand. Yeah. It's good to evolve. I, I'm telling you, though, the one thing that's really encouraging to me here because everybody was worried about are they going to recast? Are yeah. they going to like kind of like – the idea that they're keeping all the shows, right? Because they could have just done Daredevil and Punisher and Jessica Jones, right? Because there had long been talk that they were going to not do Luke Cage, not do Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, it's good news. The fact that they're all showing up on Disney Plus Canada means that maybe there aren't going to be those recastings that everybody keeps talking about. Maybe they, Mike Coulter will be back as Luke Cage, you know, and, and, and maybe everybody will be back from Iron Fist and stuff, which I think they should. Yeah. I think they should, you know, a lot of people dog Luke Cage and Iron Fist, but I think they were both good and given the opportunity to thrive under MCU – I think it would be huge. Yeah. I think they would do really well. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Definitely, definitely. Something that, eh, you know, I'm not that excited about. <laughs> uh, with production on Indiana Jones 5 finishing up, director James Mangold is already lining up his next big gig. Makes sense. According to sources, Mangold and 20th Century Studios are in development on a project about the life of filmmaker and comedian Buster Keaton. Yes. Now, the Mangold, with Mangold set to direct and produce, the project also keeps him in the Disney 20th Century Studios family where he currently has his first look deal. Now, the film is based on the book Buster Keaton, uh, Cut to the Chase, now by Marion Med. Uh, The executives have made this top priority as they meet with writers to adapt this book. With an icon uh, of American cinema, like Joseph Frank Buster Keaton, uh, was a pioneer in the early days of the silent movies, and to his um, to this day is considered one of the great uh, greatest physical comedians in the it's movie true. history. Uh, his stunt work on such classics like The General, Sherlock Jr. are still considered some of the most impressive set pieces to ever be undertaken. Now, uh, commenting him as one of the founding figures in film history. Yeah. So it's awesome just to, you know, education. Education for the young books, like myself. So I'm pumped for it. I mean, I'm pumped. I mean, look, we got a Charlie Chaplin one, right? Why not a Buster Keaton one? And Mangold is so good. Remember Walk the Line? Man knows how to tell real life stories of characters. So I mean, he's just a brilliant freaking director. And by the way, you know what his first film was under that first look deal with Twentieth? He was brought on specifically to take over the Wolverine franchise, mm. and he fixed it. There it is. He <laughs> <laughs> he finally got Logan right. That's why I love Man Gold. He's the man. Gold. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> David Demachian, Marin Ireland, Vivian Lyra Blair, and Madison Who. 
no, who, as in H-U, have signed on to star alongside Chris Messina and Sophie Thatcher in 20th Century Studios horror thriller The Boogeyman. Mm. Yes, The Boogeyman, based on Stephen King's 1973 short story of the same name. It started production actually already in New Orleans, which is the perfect place for Boogeyman. Right. You know, it's Come on shit now. Right there. It's going to debut in 2023 on Hulu. Now... The film, from director Rob Savage, if you're unfamiliar with the story, follows a 16-year-old and her younger sister still reeling from the death of their mother as they're targeted by a supernatural boogeyman. And their psychological father had an encounter with a desperate patient in their house. Mm, that's very interesting. So, um, yeah. I hope they, uh, what 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 do they call the boogeyman down there? Like arugula or something like that? Or so, They have some sort of weird name. I hope they bring in that New Orleans feel to the film too. I mean, come on now. New Orleans is a beautiful place. Um, Aziz Anazari <laughs> is attached to direct an untitled uh, comic drama for Searchlight Pictures. He will also co-star in the movie with Bill Murray. Good choice. In, in addition to directing the film in his feature debut that's a lot to put on the first one. Uh, Asnari is also writing the screenplay and producing the movie. Searchlight will release the film theatrically in 2023. The project is being uh, adapted from Atul Gwandi's 2014 notification book, "Being Mortal: Medicine and What It Matters," uh, and what matters in the end. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's basically about a book with these like uh, terminal patients who fear death, mm. like they're terrified of where they go after death and, and kind of stuff. So that's what the book kind of deals with. And so I'm guessing, I don't know comedic I, I it's gonna be interesting yeah. but bill murray we know can pull off comedy with like a serious edge to For it sure. so man and man if you're gonna have a directorial debut bill murray's you know i mean that's yeah. a pretty solid guy to have in your film um i'm excited about this one arrow alum juliana harkavy now you know her diana drake black canary you know uh she has been apparently cast as a lead in abc's drama pilot la law the revival of the iconic stephen bochco legal drama that we've been telling you about she joins as we've said original cast members blair underwood and corbin bernson who are reprising their roles as jonathan rollins and arnie becker respectively uh as we know now, uh, let's see. Uh, Harkavy will play Yvette Cabrera, a savvy attorney and legal badass. That I swear to God, legal badass, who is pitted against Alana in an unexpectedly controversial case that makes headlines. Their courtroom battle is complicated, complicated by the fact that they used to be lovers. Ooh. Uh, oh, that never goes well. The unresolved issues of their past relationship cause a lot of friction between these two. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, but there's also undeniable sexual chemistry still at play as well. When Yvette is appointed a new partner in Alana's law firm, their relationship may prove increasingly complicated, to say the least. To say the least. Very interesting. <laughs> that should be interesting. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. And after a huge 2021 for Andrew Garfield, it looks to continue on his hot streak Yes. Uh, with the first teaser of... Uh, for Under the Banner of Heaven, a new Trime miniseries premiering this spring on FX on Hulu. Based off of the 2003 uh, notification book uh, from John Krusker, uh, Under the Banner of Heaven focuses on a double murder committed by Ron and Dan Lafferty, uh, two Mormon brothers who killed their sister-in-law, Brenda, and niece Erica back in 1984. Now, the miniseries will focus on Prey, our peer... Pray, pray, peer, what, 
I'd go Pyre. Pyre. Uh, Gar- <laughs> who's played by Garfield, the police detective assigned to investigate the Lafferty case, as he untangles the mystery and finds evidence linking uh, the church to the crime. Mm. Pyre and a devote Mormon himself undergoes an ugly crisis of faith. This marks the first uh, lead television role for Garfield, who has until now focused on film and theater. So, I mean, it's always good to step into a new role. And uh, prediction, maybe could his first TV role as an Academy Award winner. Just saying. Uh, he, I think he's a strong sleeper in the category for Tick, Tick, Boom. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm just telling you. It's going to be good. Uh, Dan Stevens. Remember him? Dan Stevens. I love Dan Stevens. He's been tapped for a key role in the Hulu limited series Immigrant. Starring and executive produced by Kumali Nanjani, Immigrant is the true story of Salmon Steve Banjari, which will be played by Najani, the Indian-American entrepreneur who started Chippendales. Mm. Did you know that? Did right. you know it was in there? I did not. See, I'm learning something. The series will detail the insane, darkly comedic, crime-ridden story behind the unique male review that became a cultural phenomenon. Stevens will play Paul Snyder, a hustler and serial schmoozer. Paul Snyder stumbles upon the opportunity of a lifetime in the form of Steve Bangeri and his struggling L.A. backgammon club. Through their unlikely partnership, the iconic male stripping institution, Chippendales, is born. So Chippendales was started from a failing backgammon club? Who knew? Who knew? What? That's funny. All right. Who knew, man? Uh, But Hulu has acquired the U.S. rights to Fireheart, and it's an animated family film. uh, Features voice cast headlined by Olivia Cook, William Shatner, uh, Lori Holden, and Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Set in New York in the Roaring Twenties, the film follows a fearless 14-year-old girl, uh, Georgia Nolan, played by Cook, who dreams of being the world's first ever female firefighter Mm. Uh, when a mysterious uh, arsonist starts burning down broadway new york's uh, firemen begin vanishing georgia's father sean played by bernard is called out of retirement by the mayor of new york to lead the investigation into the disappearances desperate uh, to help her father and save her city Georgia disguises herself as a young man called Joe and joins a small group of misfit firefighters trying to stop the arsonist. That's a very interesting take. I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that one. I am too. I bet Shatner's the mayor. Right. I'm just saying. For sure. I mean, Captain Kirk as a mayor? Awesome. Hey, this is fucking awesome because I'm a fan of all of this all the way around. Quentin Tarantino is in early talks to helm one of two episodes of Justified City of Primeval. Now that, of course, is the limited series revival of the FX drama starring Timothy Oliphant, Mm -hmm. who also a huge fan of. Now, Tarantino and Oliphant, as you guys know, worked together on uh, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, with Oliphant, of course, playing James Stacey. I am so fucking pumped that this show is coming back and that we're getting a sequel, basically, to Justified. And now you're telling me Quentin Tarantino is going to direct a couple episodes? Right. Yes, yes, and yes. So good, man. So good. <laughs> Especially since uh, we heard that uh, the Star Trek thing's not going forward. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know. Well, this one's interesting because Lisa Eldstein is exiting 911 Lone Star after playing Gwyneth Morgan, the ex-wife of Rob Lowe's Chief Owen Strand yep. and the mother of Ronan Rubstein's TK Strand. Now, for two seasons on the Fox drama, uh, she 
have farewell will come next week in 911 Lone Star, an episode that is for sure to be a tearjerker for viewers at home and TK and Owen on screen. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I was really enjoying her character as the ex-wife too. I thought yeah. that the chemistry between them was really awesome. So on on this week's episode, he got a phone call and said, "Your mom is dead." Oof. So I guess, I don't know if we're going to see what happens to her, flashbacks, whatever, but they did say we would get to see her again before they kiss her off. So I don't know. Huh, sad, sad. Hey, guess who's coming back to Fox? Michael Chiklis. Yes, Michael Chiklis. He's set to star in the first episode of the upcoming Fox crime anthology series, Accused. This sounds interesting, too. The series is based on the BBC crime anthology of the same name. Each episode opens in a courtroom of the accused with the audience knowing nothing about the crime or how they ended up on trial. Mm. Now, Chiklis is going to play Dr. Scott Corbett, a successful brain surgeon with a seemingly perfect family. He faces the limits of unconditional love when he discovers his teenage son may be planning a violent attack at school. The role marks a return, as I said, to Fox for Chiklis, who, of course, as you guys know, if you were fans with Gotham, played the role of Nathaniel Barnes. So, um, yeah, I just love Chiklis all the way around, and this sounds like it's going to be an interesting premise. Yeah, that sounds dark as shit. Yeah. Um, Now, heading over to Warner Media, or... Who knows what it's going to be called? Because Hollywood's next big merger could happen sooner than originally thought. AT&T and Discovery are expected to close Discovery's $43 billion acquisition of WarnerMedia to create a new company, Warner Brothers Discovery, as early as mid-April. Now, according to sources familiar with the deal, Discovery shareholder vote on the deal, which has already received uh, regulatory approval from DOJ, uh, is set for March 11th, and the two companies are preparing for a close somewhere between April 11th to the 28th. That's real close. That's real freaking close. Now, Discovery Chief uh, David Zalaf whatever the fuck his name is, uh, will become president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery upon the deal closing. Warner Media CEO Jason Killer uh, is expected to exit, but he's been talking about this for a while that he knew that this was going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, that everybody's got eyes on that one, so it's going to be a lot of interesting things happening I over just there. have one thing to say. David Zaslav's ego needs to get out of the way. Like, I get Discovery is merging, but it, it, <coughs> did you learn nothing from Viacom CBS? They finally figured it out. Fucking Warner Brothers Discovery? It, just call it Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Discovery hasn't been around a hundred fucking years. Warner Brothers has. Everybody recognizes Warner Brothers. It's not two companies. It's one company. Go with the one everybody knows. Just fucking... You're going to be the CEO. Just fucking call it Warner Brothers. Dumbass. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is developing an original feature film. I am super fucking excited about this one too, guys. He's developing a new original film based on Steve McQueen's badass <laughs> fucking bullet. Yes. The 1968 thriller bullet that with Steve McQueen and that fucking 1968 badass Ford Mustang. My favorite car ever. Just saying. Josh Singer is set to write the screenplay with regular Spielberg collaborator Christy Maxo Krieger on board to produce with the director. Now, get this though, guys. If you weren't Warner Brothers released it way back in the day, but if you didn't know, McQueen was one of the creators of it, so his family 
had the rights to it. Full so, yes. So, McQueen's son, Chad McQueen, and granddaughter, Molly McQueen, are executive producing after apparently a lengthy negotiation process with the McQueen estate to secure the rights to the character. Warner Brothers, once again, will release the film uh, for the studio for Spielberg, <coughs> which is not a remake, I want to clarify that, but an original story, a mm. new story featuring the character of Bullet. So, I'm super excited about this. I think it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to expose that character and the story to a whole new audience because, I mean, it's been a while. And possibly the 68 Mustang. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Uh, Wu Jin is the highest grossing male actor of all time in China, and he will join British action star Jason Statham and Warner Brothers' Meg to the Trench. We were telling you guys mm -hmm. about this one coming back for a sequel, surprisingly. Uh, the 47-year-old Wu is a former martial artist who has successfully parlayed his career as both an actor and director in film and television. Now, production on Meg the Trench began at the end of January at the Warner-owned uh, Levenston Studios outside of London. It will continue there until May before switching to outdoor locations, which will likely be in Asia. So, I mean, you know, you got to you gotta approach everything. You got to schedule it out on the, the handy-dandy Schedule it. You do. <laughs> China's a huge film market right now. And they've is. basically been shutting the door on American films. So how do you to fix that? Get China's <laughs> biggest fucking movie star to be in your movie. That's how you guarantee exactly. you show up in China. Hey, what's the goat going to do now? What is he going to do? What is he going to do? He's retired, right? Well, he's going to do what everybody thought he was going to do because he's like – Tom Brady, Tom he's Brady. jumping to Hollywood. Yes, sir. He's going to Hollywood. And not just to make cameos. This guy's getting serious about being in the film industry. Paramount Pictures has acquired worldwide rights to 80 for Brady. Mm. Seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady will not only appear in the film, he's also going to produce through his newly minted production company, 199 Productions, alongside Oscar winner Donna Giagalotti mm. and Endeavor Content. Now, Endeavor Content developed the film with Brady and Giagalotti, the feature project is inspired by, get this, the true story of four best friends and who happen to be New England Patriots fans who take a life-changing trip to the 2017 Super Bowl 51 to see their hero Tom Brady play. And, of course, the chaos that ensues as they navigate across the country on that road trip. But now here's the kicker. You're the greatest of all time. So when you're going to make your first movie and you're producing it, you should probably get some of the greatest of all time. So who's starring in this bad boy? Yes, are you ready? Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally fucking Field. That's wild. That is four of the greatest actresses of all time in Hollywood history. Yeah. Good job, Goat. Uh, that's, yeah, I'm super surprised. I'm excited to see what he does. I'm yeah, excited, and, and that foursome is going to be fucking hilarious Agreed. together. I'm just telling Agreed. you. Agreed. Um, well, SEAL Team star Max Thrott, uh, Thryrit, uh, has signed on for the lead role in a CBS drama, Cal Fire, as we told you on last week's show. Uh, Max co-wrote the story for the series, yep. which is inspired by his life uh, growing up in Northern California. He also will serve as executive producer. Now, Max currently stars in the SEAL team, like I just said, which was recently renewed for a sixth season at Paramount Plus after it being aired its first four season on CBS. But according to sources, Max is hoping that he will be able to star in Cal Fire as well as continue starring on SEAL Team. And now, should the pilot be picked up to series? But I mean, you know, a lot of actors are able to balance two different series. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see it happening. I could see it happening, especially when you have that built in relationship. Yeah. And I mean, shit. If, if the series you created gets picked up, 
and you can't balance both, it's pretty good to be the star of the series you fucking created. For I'm sure. Just saying. Um, this one, mm, not so sure about. CBS has ordered Superfan, a series that will see one musical superfan aiming to prove they are a certain artist's ultimate supporter. Mm. Now, Superfan is a musical spectacle disguised as a game show that apparently will feature several rounds of play where fans will have the ability to advance to a final round for the chance to prove once and for all they are the ultimate fan. Each episode will name one superfan who will win the ultimate experience with their featured artist. It sounds like, hey, let's expose stalkers for musicians. <laughs> Let's do it. I know what your cat's name was when you were five. Like, uh, yeah, this mean, is I, weird. I don't like it. I this don't is, like it This either. is very weird. Uh, anyway, Call Me Cat Actress, Scholler Helfert, a teen parenting comedy unplanned in Akron, has received a pilot order at CBS. The multicam project follows two teenagers navigating parenthood in the best way they know how to, with a little help from their friends and parents. They'll learn that mistakes in life don't have to derail your life. That no matter what age you are, taking care of a child is no joke. Uh, but sometimes you just gotta laugh or cry your way through everything. Uh, Hellford <laughs> is co-executive producing the series. Uh, the project marks the fourth comedy pilot order at CBS this development season. So that is very freaking exciting. I mean, it's just times are changing. Yeah. Remember back in the day they wouldn't even let a married couple be in the same bed on TV. Facts. Now now we're doing shows about teenage parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, man. Super excited about this. She was on last week's episode and it was fucking amazing and I'm loving every second of it. Showtime's Billions has added Sakina Jaffrey to the drama as a series regular. She appears opposite stars Paul Giamatti, Corey Stoll, and Maggie Sith. Jaffrey plays Davisha Dave Mahar, a dogged defense attorney and a white shoe firm who goes up against New York Attorney General Chuck Rhodes on a case mm -hmm. and then sways him to draft her into his cause. Will the former courtroom foe's find a condom enemy in billionaire Mike Prince? Mm. The answer is yes. She <laughs> came yeah. in. She, she, he wooed her. She's now working with him. So if you guys don't know the name, it does sound familiar, uh, House of Cards. There it is. Yeah, you look her up. You'll know exactly who she is, and she's a badass, and I'm super pumped. This next one, I still have to watch the trailer for, because oh, I have yet oh, to. Oh, dude. Uh, the executive producer is of the upcoming Showtime anthology series, The First Lady, already thinking about what historical women they want to focus on in season two. Now, Kathy Shulman and Susan Blair uh, are teased during the show's TCA presentation on Wednesday that viewers could see appearances from Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, uh, Hillary Clinton, Hillary um, Melania Trump, uh, Dolly Madison, Edith Wilson, Martha Washington, and Rosalind Carter. Mm. That's a lot. In future installments, uh, its debut season centering around Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, uh, and Michelle Obama premieres April 17th. Yeah. Mark your calendars for this one. It's going to be special. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so fucking good. And those names for the second season? Ooh. I can't I, I'm already trying to rack up who's going to play them, right? Because right. the casting for this first season was fucking brilliant. Viola Davis as Michelle Obama. Yeah. Come on. the fuck on. All right. Jumping to NBC Universal. Univer and this is exciting. If you missed this one, this is fucking awesome too. Universal Pictures announced earlier this week that principal photography has already commenced apparently on Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. The film is shooting in multiple U.S. locations, including New Mexico, California, and New Jersey, and is expected to be released in North American theaters on July 21st, 2023. 
So it makes sense that it's already shooting. Yeah. Now, Universal also revealed a moody first look at star Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer. In the snapshot that they showed, Murphy is pictured uh, staring intently while smoking a cigarette. Mm. Anybody who remembers the history or is a history buff knows that that's extremely important because... Oppenheimer died from fucking lung cancer because he was a chain smoker. Uh, the guy, go figure, you know, atomic bomb, chain smoker, like, makes sense. Yeah. But um, this is intense. And this is like, I, I saw this is the single largest A-list cast for any Christopher Nolan film ever. That makes sense. So, I mean, they, I, they just keep adding names left yeah. and right. And our guy, John Papsidera. Is the one putting them all together. Killing it. Yes, man. Killing it, man. We love him. We love him. Well, someone else we love and a former guest on the podcast, yes. James Moses Black, is the latest addition to be cast in Reinfeld, the Universal mobster, uh, Monster f- uh, movie directed by uh, Chris McKay. He joins ensemble casts, including uh, Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage, and Aquafina. Yes! The film centers around Reinfeld, who has grown sick and tired of the centuries as Dracula, a.k.a.'s Lackey. Um, and the henchman finds a new lease on life, and maybe even redemption, when his family falls for feisty, angry traffic cop Rebecca Quincy, a.k.a. Aquafina. <laughs> uh, the film is set to begin shooting in New Orleans, so that's oh, very exciting. I mean, New Orleans was once Hollywood South, and it looks like they're trying to they're rebuild trying. that, man. They're trying to rebuild that. Yep, they're trying to get there. Uh, this is surprising, but okay, here we go. There's another change at the helm of Dick Wolf's NBC drama Law & Order Organized Crime. Apparently, Eileen Chaikin is out after 14 months as executive producer and showrunner on the show. Uh, It's interesting. Now, remember, guys, Chaykin took the reins of Law & Order Organized Crime in December of 2020 as part of her new overall deal with Universal Television. Apparently, now she's going to focus on development under that overall deal. Chaykin's going to be replaced by Barry O'Brien, who will now serve as the showrunner for the remainder of the series' second season. He joined Organized Crime as a co-executive producer back in November. Uh, Apparently, word is that this showrunner change is not important impacting production on the show which still has five more episodes to film in its current second season it's for sure going to get picked up for another season whether he sticks around as the showrunner for the third we don't know but you can guarantee it's going to be back and by the way if you didn't see it the original return this week and it was fucking badass was it badass (laughs) watch it it's gonna be interesting man it's gonna be very interesting uh now nbc is staying in the blacklist business now the network has renewed its flagship espionage series for its 10th season i'm surprised it's made it that long it's crazy um the blacklist is currently in the middle of broadcasting its ninth season and continues to draw in large numbers reaching like 22 million views or across uh, digital and linear platforms. Now, that's growing over 200% from its Live Plus same-day average. So, I mean, that's wild. This is definitely something that has that, you know, core audience that is there every single week, week in and week out, just ready to watch this thing. And I I truly thought it was going to die when the daughter, like Megan Boone, left the character. You know, you figured out, is Red her dad? Is he not her dad? And then she exited the show a couple seasons ago. I thought for sure it was over, but apparently fucking not. Hey, we're talking Sony, and when we talk Sony, we talk everything Spider-Man, right? Because it's the it only is. fucking thing Sony knows. Sony Pictures has announced that Spider-Man No Way Home will arrive on digital March 22nd and on 4K, uh, UHD, and Blu-ray on April 12th. Now, 
The studio brilliantly marked the occasion by releasing a photo of Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield reenacting the iconic Spider-Man pointing meme that everybody had seen for decades prior from the 1960s uh, TV show. So that was fucking epic. Well done. Brilliant. Uh, Now, guys, since opening in theaters on December 17th, the movie has grossed $772 million and counting. It's still making money, guys, at the U.S. box office. That puts the movie, as we told you last week, ahead of James Cameron's Avatar as the third highest grossing domestic release in history behind only Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avengers Endgame. The global box office gross stands at $1.8 billion. So, to no surprise, it's Sony's biggest film ever. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, there's so much happening with this thing. There's, like, amazing things happening. And, I mean, you know, they're trying to build off that Spider-Man universe. And, I mean, with those numbers, it's no surprise that Sony keeps expanding, like I said, the upcoming film Craven the Hunter starring Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, as the classic Spider-Man villain has added Fred Heichinger from The White Lotus and Pam and Tommy to its cast. It's currently unknown who he will play, uh, but rumors have it. He will portray a chameleon, mm. so an evil master of disguise who happens to be Craven's half brother. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought they'd for sure just focus on Craven, but yeah. to bring in the brother, that's going to be an interesting um, move. We'll see, man. I'm excited. Uh, MGM, this is exciting too because we we love stories like this, and they, we need to keep hearing them. MGM's Creed Three. And Outlier Society, which is uh, Michael B. Jordan's company, they have partnered with the Georgia Film Academy to hire eight student interns to work on the boxing drama, which, of course, as we've told you, marks Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Now, the new partnership furthers the goals of the Georgia Film Academy, established in 2015, to create pathways for the next generation of film industry professionals by gaining experience with actually working on Hollywood's hottest film and television productions. Now, production on the Third Creed began... uh, January 18th in Atlanta with a theatrical release planned for this November. The eight GFA interns placed on the set of Creed are working positions in the production office, the assistant director's department, video assistant, visual effects, grip and rigging, electrical and lighting, and special effects. Nice. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Those are very important jobs that not a lot of people really talk about. So, I mean, it's awesome that they're offering these to expose those a little bit more. Uh, Lionsgate. Lionsgate is working with Saturday Night Live alum uh, Leslie Jones on an untitled Christmas comedy. Now, Jones is developing the holiday feature as a potential starring role Hmm. in uh, the feature. Mrs. Claus is tired of not getting any credit for all the work she does during the Christmas time. She decides to leave Santa and run off to her hometown of Boston, where she moves in with her uptight sister and reconnects with her family kickstarting a journey of self-discovery that will empower her sister and eventually lead her back to the real meaning of christmas which is family obviously but how are you gonna leave santa and why ain't santa giving her no credit that's right i mean i feel like I mean, santa would right like, male masculinity uh, man 
Even with Santa. Even with Santa. We're going to go see all them elves. Mansplaining. So are you a fan of Outlander? I was never a huge fan of Outlander. I just didn't, was my thing. But if you're a fan of Outlander, you're going to be really excited about this. Apparently, a prequel series is in development at Stars. Now, according to sources, Outlander executive producer and showrunner Matthew B. Roberts is attached to write and executive produce their prequel. A writer's room is already being assembled with an eye to begin work in the coming weeks. Of course, exact plot details for what the prequel would focus on are being kept under those damn wraps. Very interesting, man. Very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that was one that I watched the trailer for the first season. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's know. how I was. Uh, now, heading over to Netflix, the streaming juggernaut. Uh, the final season of Ozark is going to premiere, or the final seven episodes of yeah. Ozark are going to premiere in April, April 29th, the end of April, on Netflix. The official logline of season four, part two, reads... Marty and Wendy are rid of Helen and climb to the top of Navarro's empire. Oh. That's intense. Yeah. Um, they find another opportunity to get out of the Ozarks, but some past sins won't stay buried, and most dangerous threats come from blood. Damn, that's intense. That makes Damn. me want to jump back on it. I guess like where where I dropped off like at the end of season two is where it actually started getting good. Of course. Um, <laughs> so man, oh man, we might might have to jump back on it. I mean, got to do it. Got to do it. It's final seven episodes. Hey, you know another big one on uh, Netflix right now? Inventing Anna. It is. A lot of yeah. people are talking about it. I mean Shonda Rhimes because she Come created it. So you know. Well, the limited series about the grifter otherwise known as Anna Sorokin has scored, get this, the most hours viewed for an English language series since Netflix changed the way it started reporting its ratings data last summer. The series, which stars Julia Garner from Ozark, from Ozark. <laughs> as the fake heiress, was watched, get this guys, 196 million hours in six days from February 14th through the 20th. That's on top of the 77 million hours that it had already been watched the previous week, having been released on February 11th. So the 11th through the 20th, so 77 million and 196. So you're looking at almost 300 million hours of viewers uh, of views in nine days. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Now that comfortably puts it as the streamer's most watched English language series in a one-week period. However, the show does fall short of that other one that's not English, Squid Game, yeah. which registered the most hours watched, 571 million at the end of September and start of October. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, a lot of good content, man. Like That's... we were talking about, Netflix needs to focus on their television streaming series, and they're doing a good job. They're doing a right good now. job. Uh, Amazon, Brett Gray and Carrie Young, Louis Barnes and Olivia Washington have all been cast as series regulars, opposite of Jarrell Jerome in Amazon Prime's uh, dark comedy series, I'm a Virgo. Uh, created and written, directed by executive producer by Sorry to Bother You, uh, director Boots Riley. Mike Epps and Carmen Ego are also set to recur on the pro in the project. Now, the series is described as a radical coming-of-age joyride about Coot, who's played by Jerome, a 13-foot-tall young black man who lives in Oakland, California. Good damn, that motherfucker. Woo! But yeah, man, I mean, that sounds interesting. It's going like, to be weird, right? Like, Sorry to Bother You is the one with, like, the talking fucking horses, right? Yeah, it yeah, was. Like, yeah, it was. So I bet, I bet it's going to be out there. It's going to be out there. But I'll watch it because of Mike Epps because 
also a local 317 Indianapolis guy. So I'll watch it. <laughs> Facts. All right. The upcoming Apple limited series Manhunt has added Anthony Boyle and Lovey Simone to its cast. The pair joined previously announced series lead Tobias Menzies. Now the show is based on the book Manhunt, the 12 day chase for Lincoln's killer by James Swanson. Menzies, of course, will star as Edwin Stanton, Abraham Lincoln's war secretary and friend who was driven nearly mad by the need to catch Lincoln assassin John Wilkes Booth who will played by the uh, be played by the newly cast Boyle and to carry out Lincoln's legacy the series will also feature black historical figures including Mary Sims who's going to be played by Simone a former slave of the doctor who treated Booth's injuries and gave him safe harbor after the crime Oh, wow. That sounds very interesting. It's going to be really good. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, Sasha Lane, Christopher Abbott, and Emma Lard are rounding out the cast of The Crowded Room, Apple's uh, seasonal anthology series from New Regency. Now, they formerly are joined previously announced uh, Tom Holland, Amanda Seyfried, and Amy Rosam, uh, mm. written and direct or an executive produced by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, the Crowded Room is an anthology series that will explore inspirational stories of those who have struggled with mental illness and learned how to live with it successfully. Um, the 10-episode first season is based partly on Goldsman's own life. So that's deep, man. I mean, it's all about talking more about mental health. So yeah. that's what we're talking about. And guys, like, if you ever want to just clarify how young Tom Holland is, Emmy Rossum, shameless, Emmy Rossum, you yep. know her, you love her, she's playing her, his mom. Yeah. What the fuck? She's like still... She's playing his mom. That's how fucking young Tom Holland is. Oscar nominee Sasha Baron Cohen is in talks to join Kate Blanchett and Kevin Klein in Disclaimer, the Apple TV series series adaptation of Renee Knight's novel that is being written, directed, and executive produced by Oscar winner Alfonso Cuaron. Translation, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I couldn't get through his last one. I fell asleep every time I tried. I love that cast, but I'm not watching it. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But get this, guys. That was a great industry news segment, but now it's time for a great in- interview segment because we got the one and only Hamish Allen Headley coming on the show, breakout star of Mayor of Kingstown. This guy is a certified badass, says it on his license. Um, but, man, oh, man, it was just a great conversation to have with this man. He was super inspiring and it's going to help all the up-and-comers trying to break into the industry with his advantages and disadvantages that he faced trying to make it happen. Oh, absolutely. Guys, one thing. He is definitive proof that no matter what background you come from or where you're at, you can make it if that's what you want to do. Facts. And he is just definitive proof of that, and you're going to see that when you listen to this interview. Exactly, exactly. Well, here he is. Hamish Allen Headley, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, dude, we are so excited to talk to you. We've got a lot of listeners that are huge fans of the show, Mayor of Kingstown, and uh, and huge fans of the character. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, Robert is a fucking <laughs> badass, bro. Like, if I'm going in somewhere, that's who I want with me. That's all I'm saying. 
<laughs> yeah, he's the guy, man. Yeah, he's, he's the guy the you guy. want beside you, right? For sure. <laughs> Absolutely, my <laughs> man. Doubt. Absolutely. So we're mm-hmm. pumped. We got a lot of questions. You know, we got a lot to talk about. Um, but the first thing we like to do is kind of like, and because you know, Logan, Logan was kind of joking. I wonder if he's part of the CIA or like what's going on. Because we we do a lot of research on our guests, and we couldn't find anything on you, bro. Like like oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, this, right where's on. this guy's bio? So you know. <laughs> so yeah. let's start off with an introduction for the listeners and for anybody that might not be familiar with you um acting was it something like you always kind of wanted to do was it something you knew from the very beginning or did you kind of fall into it or what yeah kind of i mean um uh i grew up uh on a like a small island off the west coast of british columbia okay um so a couple hours out of vancouver and it's a real small town mm-hmm. um like when i was born there was like eight hundred thousand people there you know oh, wow it's it's yeah it's been gentrified heavily since so now it's quite it's quite uh quite a destination <laughs> spot for sure but um you know there was a lot of there was like a a, a community theater group there you know that i was kind of part of and stuff and um uh, and so we, but it was, uh, it, it was, there was a lot of artists who lived there. Yeah. Like it was pretty like off the grid sort of place. Right. So, so there was a lot of like, you know, hippies and rednecks was sort of the mix, you know, <laughs> and, and it was pretty rural spot. And, and, um, and so there was a lot of people like living sort of alternative lifestyle out there sure, um, yeah. back in those days and shit. So, um, yeah, so there was a lot of that sort of stuff to sort of to get your teeth into, you know, it, it, for the most part. And then, um, I'm from a construction family. So okay. I, uh, I mean, you know, I'm a journeyman electrician and was uh, worked on a framing crew forever and all that stuff. So nice. So we were, um, so that's how you made your money. And then, and then, you know, you do that stuff every once in a while, but, uh, but I was sort of one of my only guys in my crew that did that. And then, and then I was doing one of these community plays one day and, and um, this fella came and he had been to New York city, you know, and he'd been to the big, the big apple and he'd done all the acting stuff and he came to see one of my plays and he was like, Hey, you know, you're pretty fucking good at this. And, you, know, you, should, you, you should go to this place that I went to in New yeah. York. And, and I like ran home, Googled that shit, bought my plane ticket and left the next, like pretty much the next day, you know? Nice, man. And, yeah. And then as soon as I came out of the port authority, that was it for me. I was like, yep, this is the spot. And, and sort of, you know, there we go there and, Hell yeah. That's, right. I mean, that's how it all started. That, I mean, nice. dude, that's what it's all about. Taking that risk, taking that leap, and just fucking hitting oh, the absolutely. ground running, man. And it just sounds like that's what you did. And I mean, especially in no better place than New York City. Oh, I mean, yes. that place, yeah. you have the theater experience, and now you have the on-camera experience. I mean, that is the perfect place for you. And that's great to hear because your performance is outstanding in Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, like, I mean, every time dude. you hit the screen, we were like, oh, fuck yeah. Especially like... <laughs> Those last two episodes where, like, what? you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the last two episodes of Mary Kingstown, but when you fucking infiltrate that fucking prison to, like, mm-hmm. rescue the brother and shit, and yeah. when you're like, no, we, we're not just going to rescue you, you got to fucking yeah. murder these motherfuckers so that you can see it through with your life, but dude, like, yeah, man. every, yeah. like, like I said, every second that you're on screen, like, your talent just shines through, and, oh. like, kudos to you, man. And my favorite Thanks, is before man. you even storm the prison it's when you go into the tent with the state police and you like tell them how the fuck it's gonna go down (laughs) it's like what the fuck is wrong with you guys man this is how it's gonna go down like i said from the first time we see you know you gotta take care of it yeah this guy's not going to jail understood i'm gonna put a bullet in his head it's fine it's good you know (laughs) it's the best intro ever man it's like you know who do you go to when you when you need help Uh, robert yeah well it was it was nice you know it's nice to play a character where 
where you, you know, people feel safe with you. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, like yeah. you come in and you're sort of a bit of a fix it guy. So That's people right. are like, oh, okay, you're here. So, so you, you, you can, you can, you feel safe doing that. You know, you're like, oh, I'm the guy that everyone's counting on. So, so you bring that with it, you know, and it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's an absolute fucking treat to do something like that. Oh, I <laughs> bet. Funny. I bet. So talk about, cause we may or may not have seen the audition. Uh, talk about the audition process, uh, you know, and entering into that world, the Sheridan world, because this is like a freaking empire on Paramount plus. Now this guy's like everywhere doing everything. Um, you know, and Hugh Dillon co-created this one with him, but, uh, talk about that. Talk about the audition and just kind of like what it's like to work in that environment and, and be a part of that cast, man. Oh man. I mean, it's a dream, you know, I mean, you know, like, um, yeah, like the, the audition process was pretty wild. It was really quick for me. You know, it was, it was, um, you know, tape, you know, Friday and you're fucking flying on Wednesday sort of deal. You know oh, what I mean? wow. So, so it was like, it was really quick for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and I guess he, you know, saw the tape and he was like, okay, that's the guy. And, and from what I understand, they'd sort of been looking around and they couldn't find the same, the right energy that they were looking for. And, um, you know, and, and I, I didn't come from a, from a military background or anything like that, but, um, but I working in, in a growing up in a blue collar family and working, you know, hard construction jobs and shit. It was pretty easy for me to sort of slip into, you know, that, that role, that, that uh, scene you're talking about. And when I'm, you know, giving all the guys shit, in, right. in, you know, in front of the prison, that was like pretty much my, you know, my upbringing on a construction site. <laughs> Absolutely. <know? Right>. So, <laughs> yeah. So I could just, I was just like, all right, you want me to do my stepdad? Okay, here you go. Boom. And you know, That's so it, yeah. that was it. Right. So, so it was pretty easy for me to fall into that. And so I think I brought that energy to it and they responded well to that, you know, and then, and then working on a, on a, with a crew like that, with a bunch of creators like that, it's just like, it's, it's the dream, you know, that's, oh, that's absolutely. what you always want to do. It's been the ambition from the start. You know, I, I when I saw, I saw wind river, you know, um, a long yeah. time ago. Yep. And, and I was, and that was like, um, that was like the first time that, that I was like, Taylor, who, like, what is this? Right. Like, right. That's, and, and I saw that sort of that level of, of truth and grit and everything, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and, uh, and I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be part oh, of. Yeah. You know? And so, so when I saw this uh, audition come through, I was like, oh, I got to kill myself to get this, you know, I'm, you know, everything, pull out all the stops sort of thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, and it was really cool to be, be on that set because, because, you know, like Hugh and, and all these guys, um, you know, this had been like a dream of his for a long time too, sure. you know? And, and so there was, there was so many incredible things happening for pretty much everybody who was on that set. Everybody that I talked to was talking about like how this was, this was quite a pinnacle sort of moment in their life and, and, and how all these people were coming together to create this incredible story and, yeah. and behind the scenes as well, you know, pe people like on the crew and stuff and, and, and everybody, there was just this feeling that you were creating something special which was really nice yeah. right i mean i mean yeah it really is special because i really haven't seen anything like this before i mean you know we always have the stereotypical like dirty cop story or the stereotypical like gang riots or like you know mm -hmm. infiltrating gangs but you never really get the like the in-between where you get like the the prison liaison to have somebody mm -hmm. on the inside and on the yeah. outside and try to keep the peace against all of the different gangs, and especially uh, Jeremy Renner's character, who was actually yeah. like 
when he was locked up, he was a part of a situation that he didn't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with of who he was as a real person. So I think it's a very different aspect, and I think that's what's so great about Taylor's shows is because it brings different things to the audience that we either haven't seen in a while or we've never seen at all. So I think those are very special, and like, yeah, just your character in general, like – I would take your guy and freaking rip all day, every day. If I was going anywhere, like rip from Yellowstone and you, like, I mean, I, nobody would mess with oh, us. Jesus, man, can we do a crossover? Yeah. Just get the two of y'all together. Right. And that would be so yeah, badass. Right well, that dude, you know, I've never met Cole Hauser, but that guy's incredible. Man. Oh, so dude. To, like, put man. me in the same league as that dude. Like, that's, that's, oh, huge. dude, you're really? right there, my man. You, you are. are right there. Oh, that's kind of you guys. I admire his work a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what I like that you said, though, and just kind of the way you were describing the crew and the whole atmosphere and creating something special and everything. I think that's a huge dynamic of the show too, the family aspect to it, right? Yeah, and this blue collar neighborhood and this blue collar basically area to where. You don't really have a choice. You're yeah. either this is you're going to end up in prison or you're going to be a cop. You might be a good cop, bad cop, but you've really got like this is your choice and one way or another this is where you're going. And and I kind of like how they deal with the family aspect of that and and what it means, you know, like the mom character just continuously saying, you know, your dad was this and you did, you yeah. had a choice, but you fell down this way anyway. And kind of, so to get that. And like you said, your guy, I feel like is family. He's the one they call, they, they trust. Like you got to get some shit done. We got to fix some shit. That's our guy. We trust him. He's family. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. And I think, um, that Taylor does a really good job. He's loyal. Man, you see so many people in different projects, right? Like I feel like oh, once yeah, you're a part man. of his family, you're a part of his family yeah. and you could end up in any one of his projects anywhere, right? Like um so yeah, yeah talk about talk about that a little bit the family dynamic cuz I I feel like you guys have a really solid chemistry on set and I feel like you're you've developed a family, man. Totally, man. And, and and I think that that comes from knowing, you know, comes from a lot of things. But one of the things is, is just knowing that you're working on something that's, that's special. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working on so like you get the you get the scripts and you read them and you're like, holy shit. You know, because you read some stuff, you know, you go for stuff that isn't as good as that. Right. You know, and you do it and that's just the gig. Right. Right. But but this this was special when you when you read that shit and everybody knew it. And, and the cast, everybody was so well put in their spots. Like, oh, like yeah. Taylor Hanley. You know, like like Emma Laird, like you know, all, Toby, all those guys are just so perfect where they are. You know? Yeah, and uh, and they they really put together like like an incredible crew. But um, you know, I've never seen uh, uh, like like somebody on set like Taylor Sheridan. Like I've yeah. I've never seen somebody take the whole thing by the horns. Right. You know, I mean, he's a real cowboy. I mean, you see. Oh that yeah, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's fucking unbelievable. And uh, my my when I was when I was a kid, when my folks split, my my mom went and worked on a on a ranch um, for a while, and she was you know she's a cowboy essentially, and 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 uh, and they were like that, you know, like yeah. they just had this way of 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 taking the situation and take making you feel super safe and 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 guiding you in a, in a direction and, and the way that, that he would come on set and be like, you know, everybody would gather around and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to shoot it like this. Then we're going to shoot it like that. Then we're going to shoot it like that. Then we're going to shoot it like that. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to move in there. And then we're going to go home. And there was just this incredible, <laughs> you know, order of it and yeah. the way that it moved and we were all work together and we all loved it, but we all, you know, we're, we're moving, you know, and sometimes right. you get there and things are, you know, yeah. and I, and I, and I think that, uh, 
that him having such strong leadership and such strong vision was something that, that we could all really get behind and feel like we were in the right place. And, and his confidence in his work and in himself mm. um, really spreads to you because he chose, you know, he's like, yeah. So, so also when you're doing something, when you're doing a scene and he says it's good, that means it's good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <don't worry> <laughs> right. you know? I feel like there's probably like that cowboy in him. He expects a certain level, right? Like he's bringing this oh, yeah. and he expects <laughs> you to bring this and he'll let yeah. you know when you don't, right? Like he'll tell oh, you, man. great, that's good. But I'm getting a feeling he probably tells you when it's Dude, not too, right? I, I would feel bad for the poor fucking bastard <laughs> who showed up there unprepared. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Oh, and yeah, you no fucking, doubt. You just wouldn't. Right? You just <laughs> wouldn't, man. And he's like a man. Master of disguise too. Like in every show, I'm like, is that him? Wait a minute. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah man, that man. dude's scary, bro. But in the best yeah, way yeah. possible, man. Yeah, but but he's so <laughs> he was he's so cool. It's so oh, welcome. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. cre- he's creates this like this place where you know. And I think you were talking about like people moving from from project to project and right, using yeah. you know. And and he's an actor, right? So he knows when when he finds somebody that where they can speak the same language. Oh yeah, where they come to set prepared. Where all that stuff, you know, he, he doesn't let him go, you know, and and he's loyal that way, and uh, you know, so it seems so. And and yeah, that's cool. how you get a lot of solid projects that way when you can when you trust people and you can bring them from project to project because you know what you're going to get, they know what he's going to give, and I mean that's the way you build, like you said, something special. Oh yeah, man, and it's like you know, it's like when you're building a house, you know, you got a guy who does a good roof. Like, why why would you call somebody else? <laughs> exactly, you know I mean? exactly right. He's your, he's your man now, so bring him in. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Something I think that's really special about him too is that he writes the majority of the content he puts out, if not all of the content he puts out. You know, just having people to yeah. bounce ideas off of, of course. But you know, at the end of the day, written by Ter- Taylor, yeah. and it's just like holy shit this guy never stops it really seems like he never stops and i mean you we're getting so many more like yellowstone spinoffs i mean (laughs) fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you are yeah there's lots more coming yeah i mean i i've never i don't know if i've ever been around somebody like that right that's like i don't know for lack of a better word like expanding at that rate right Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he gets on he gets on set and and i'm just like what the fuck is this guy eating? Right. Man? Like, I yeah. need some of that. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, how yeah. does he keep going like yeah. that? How do you and write... where are all these fucking scripts coming from? Right. Like, exactly. How do you write every <laughs> script for five thousand shows? Like, it's yeah. like that's mind-boggling how that happens. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Well, you know, being around that though, right? And and kind of like in that environment, and you've got all these people that he's brought in, and all these different actors and these different crew people. Has that kind of um? Swayed you to maybe want to take a turn behind the camera, kind of do some stuff that you know back behind it, or, or are you just wanting to stay in front, or what? Yeah, I think I'm good to stay in front a little bit. You know, I mean, I've Feel done that. some. Um, I, I, you know, I would work that way in the theater. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I've done a lot of plays, and I, and I understand that medium mm-hmm. really well. I think, um, but um, when it comes to filmmaking, you know. Like, like, uh, I, I watched a first cut of, of something the other day that, that uh, a friend of mine and I, you know, he was working on it and I was like, what the fuck, you know? And, <laughs> and, and I, I had never really watched the first cut yeah. before. And he was like, oh no, we're going to fix it like this and like this and like that. And yeah, I was right, like, oh, right. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, 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 you know, when you watch somebody like that, 
like the things that he would say, just very simple things right? that he understood the medium so well, Mm -hmm. you know, not only did he have these brilliant ideas and he was an incredible writer, but he understood how to tell stories through film. uh, Like I, like nobody I've seen or like people that I'd worked with in the theater that understood that medium. Right. I mean, and like, you know, you're talking about him, like the story of, of mayor of Kingstown and, and how you, you know, you've had cop shows and you've had, you know, prison shows and, and this is coming together. And, I think his his like genius comes uh, through like the simplicity of the storytelling. Right, you know? right. Like he just hooks these two stories, these two it ideas does. together, uh, and that's genius. Like like if you can make something nice and simple, a simple little story, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like really yeah something else. Man. And beyond genius, when you mix simplicity with authenticity, because I feel like all of his stories are very authentic. Right, you feel like you can well just said, jump right that in there well and be a part of that that life, be connected yeah. to that life because that's real. And I, man, yeah. he, boy, yeah, it's got to be something awesome to be a part of that, man. Yeah, man, yeah, and that that's absolutely true because, like, like you said, like authenticity is everything. Oh, yeah. you know, like, like no, nobody, you know, you, uh, yeah, that's always what you're work, looking for in any piece of art or anything, you know, some some authentic expression. So, mm-hmm. and, and he does that like nobody's business. Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he, yeah, it, yeah it's cool. all about finding people like you were talking about with your buddy. It's all about finding people who can see the finished product before it's even close to being done. You know, like, yeah. oh, this little part is going to move here. Or this little part's going to move here. Yeah. Or, like there's yeah. going to be a caption right here or something to that effect. And it's those people in filmmaking, in the entertainment industry that make it so mm-hmm. special and bring like creative people and very talented people like you in the place to shine where you can and I mean that's what I was going to bring up too like you're very good at that blue collar type of role I think that is like a very good niche to have especially in today's time where we have so many of the this type of content coming out is there anything that you would try to step outside of the box and want to try or do you like staying in that blue collar role uh, yeah. So, uh, blue collar jobs. Yeah. That, that's sort of like my bread and butter. You know, that's sure. I do that. I do that pretty well. And that was what was really nice about working on this project. And it was like, here you go, here's a piece and you show the things that you do like, well, right. Um, what, one of my favorite actors is Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah man. Cause that, that dude, you know, like he's always authentic and he's always there and he's never doing something weird, you know, right. Uh, right. but, but he can do anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would like, like you know, like you see him in Drive. Oh yeah, that was fucking sweet, right? And oh, yeah, absolutely, collar, sort of edge thing. You Hell know, yeah, what's this guy gonna do? And what's his deal? And all yeah. that shit. And then you just watch him and do. Well, and you know what? It's funny that you brought him up because that goes back to that authenticity thing, right? Like I just saw an interview he did about why he took Moon Knight. And he said because we have all this prefabricated Mm -hmm. stuff and all these ideas of – and this script just felt handmade to me. Like I could come in and just craft this character authentically. And so it's funny that that you bring him up because like Logan said, you are very much like that. I feel like you are very much that actor that can come in and handmade and craft that role for you. And and, yeah. and brilliantly so. And so we have to say, 
For anybody who didn't hear, it was recently announced that you guys are getting another season, a season two. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go on record right now and say we want a whole lot more Robert. Um, you know, right I'd like to see a lot of that background story, <laughs> right? Sure. Like, 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 why is Robert that guy? Where did, where is that story coming from? And I, and you mm-hmm. know, Taylor's got it. There's no way he doesn't have a backstory for you. So, <laughs> but yeah, that, we would yeah. love to see that, man. Yeah. Oh man, me too. Obviously, so much. You know. <laughs> Do you kind of have an idea? Do you have like where you think Robert comes from? And like, you know, have you thought about that? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. have to. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, you, you have to feel like the guy, right? You know, I think I heard uh, like uh, John C. Riley say one time, you know, in an interview that he was like, he was like, film acting is about knowing that you're the man for the job. That's right. Mm. You know, you got to step on the set knowing you're the guy. Yep. You know? Right. And and. uh and so whatever you got to fucking do to do that. That's right. And one of the things I got to do is know, you know, where this guy was born. And Absolutely. Yeah. All of Absolutely. it. So, all of it. It's all about so, creating yeah. the story before even telling the story. You know, it's fucking, it's a great thing. I love this medium, man. It's so fucking fun. Um, yeah. Something else that I'm very curious about because you're a badass. And like I said, <laughs> I mean, you're very talented and I just want to know, like, at the end of the day, where what's your goal for your career? Like, where where are you gonna be when you sit back and be like, "Man, I really did that shit." Um. Well, I I think it's like uh, like uh, um. There's a there's a bunch of actors that I like admire and aspire right. to be like, and that's pretty you know sort of easy way to say that like in terms of the kind of careers that they have, right? Um, but I think you know what we're talking about today seems the topic seems to be authenticity, but mm-hmm. I, but I think that's it. It's like the more that I like fully engage with the work, and and by that I mean like like everything like auditions like doesn't matter what I'm doing like. It, it leads me towards the kind of things that I want to do. So I, I, I guess I want to feel like, like, um, like looking back on it, I, I want to feel like I, you know, was totally fulfilled. And I suppose like there's that wonderful thing about like the day before Picasso died. Some, you know, I don't know if this is true, but apparently he was like, tomorrow I have to buy more paint. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the sort of thing that, you know, I would like to have, I would like to be working right up until the, Hell yeah, man! And 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 having like like more uh, curiosity and more places to go, you know. Because I feel like the longer I do it, um, the 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 more there is to learn, you know. Right. The deeper uh, yeah. there is to go, you know. That's right. I mean? So I I just want to make sure that everything's challenging me every time, sort of. Yeah, that we talk really about nice. that all the time, man. The second that you feel like you have nothing left to learn, you're done. Exactly. Because, yeah. you, you know, you can never get to that point. There's always something that you can go to the next level with. Um, yeah. And I, going back to you, because I like how you said that the theme seems to be the authenticity. And um, So let's talk about this because we've been bringing this up in a lot of our uh, past interviews, uh, especially this year with everything that's kind of going on. Mental health. This storyline, oh, you know, the, the the subject matter and what you have, because you do get so into character and so involved with what you're portraying. How do yeah. you deal with the situation? How do you separate yourself? How do you maintain your mental health when dealing with this type subject matter and these type things? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, like I, I sort of learned that really uh, working in the theater, you know, because mm-hmm. you work on these plays that, and you do the sh- you do it eight times a week, you know, so right? You'd be doing the same thing, and and if it was a really, like right before the pandemic, I, I was doing a show here in New York, and and it was very dark, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it was super important for everybody involved, 
that we take really good care of ourselves sure. because you would get fucking things would get pretty sad. Can't you. imagine. And, and, and the, the, the things that you, that you have to, the things that, that I make sure I do is just, I have a really, um, uh, like I'm quite regimented in mm. my practices in the morning, you know, with exercise, meditation, right. you know, make sure I'm eating right and all that shit. And, and just trying to make sure I'm not spreading myself too thin when I'm fully engaged in a project like that. You there know, you it's, it's like, the work is is everything and part of the work is making sure that i'm okay so that i can do the work oh, you know well so said. that means like like you know when i was when i was younger and, and and had more energy i would you know go out to the bar after a show or something like that <laughs> right and, you know you know you do you, you just can't do that sort of shit no, you, right. gotta, you you have a very limited amount of energy and you really got to take care of it that's so. right you know healthy body healthy mind it really does correlate so yeah, yeah. Man. And, and i think that like you know um i used to work at a school here in new york and and there was it in there was a lot of the students would there was this myth about sort of the tortured artist that mm. would like mm-hmm. pull his like uh inspiration out of a wine bottle you know what i mean sort of right. jack kerouac sort of stuff and and i and i feel like um that's just not true for our generation anymore you know like like we gotta we gotta take care of ourselves so much that's right and, and you know so that's an interesting thing you know that you're bringing that up because you talk to a lot of people about that dude oh yeah oh, absolutely yeah. because i yeah. feel like it, it you know now especially there's so much going on and you don't know what's going on in somebody's life you know they might be the picture of oh they're so happy and everything's fine and then we're reading about them committing suicide or you know you just don't know it's so important these days to keep that stuff in check so yeah and and i think it's difficult too like like today because of you know and this is quite a sort of cliche thing to say but because of social media and stuff like this absolutely like everybody um knows or everybody's sort of uh, expressing their thoughts all the time, which can be a, a very interesting thing. You know, Absolutely. It's quite, can, can be a good thing for creativity. But if you hook into it, and you just got to be careful with how you mm. engage with that shit. Because, because you, you know, if you're not doing well, it, it can it can sort of magnify that for you. Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And I mean, yeah. this podcast, I think I told you, it's branded on helping the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry and yeah. how to, you know the do's and don'ts and like the advices and like, you know, the different like paths that every single different entertainer, actor, producer, director takes and how that this person that is listening to the podcast can approach how they're going to break into it as well. So, I mean, your story and the way that you told it, I think it's going to help a lot of people out Definitely, and especially how to deal with stuff because I mean, you know, it can be very overwhelming sometimes. I mean, we, uh, we talk about it all the time. Uh, you basically audition 90% of the time and you actually are acting about 10% of the time. So, I mean, you know, It's not an industry – we don't like to say it's an industry full of rejection, but it's an industry full of selection. Yes. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's something yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And and it looks very different when you first approach it than you find that it actually is, sure. you know? Yep. Like I uh, – I, you know, I, when I came to New York, I went to school here for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then um, – and then after I got out of school, I was sort of just banging around trying to figure out why nobody had made me a movie star. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, right. Auditions yeah. and getting like rejected and stuff. And then I, I went, uh, I, I did a, an MFA program in England and, and 
we got to go to Russia for oh uh, wow there you go like, a, like you know for three months and yeah live and study there and shit like that right and and that was really great because I I, I think I was going there expecting that they were going to give me this like magic pill that was going to make me super talented right right greatest actor in the world and all this shit um, and I got there and they were like you know here's the steps work hard kid Take care of yourself. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah I was like whoa man it fucking blew my mind yeah you know? like, right. dispelled all these mysteries around Stanislavski and stuff. And I, and I came back with the understanding because the way that they had put it to me over there was like, you are a tradesperson mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just like a carpenter, your tools are, are you. And so what you right. guys are saying about like making sure you're a healthy body, healthy mind, you right. know, healthy work, then that that's what, you know, the, the Russians really like instilled in their actors and, Hell yeah. and like, gave to me, you know, that's what I brought back from there. For and sure. so that brings it full circle, right? Like you're a blue collar guy, you work hard for a living, that's your family, that's your life. You get into the acting thing and you think, oh no, I'm just going to be a movie star. And then no, Russia says, it's hard work. You got to put it in order. <laughs> so full circle, right back, right? Full it's like, circle, yeah, man. man, you know, yeah. you're blue collar. You got to work for this shit yeah. too. <laughs> like, yeah, so. I never thought of it that way, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so slap back into reality thanks to the Russians. There you go. <laughs> That's so funny, man. But listen, thank you so much for taking some time out of your night and coming to talk with us and get crazy. We really oh, appreciate yeah. it. Uh, and of course, we love Mayor of Kingstown. Loved every second of it. I'm watching it. Uh, my second time right now so i mean (laughs) you know like dude it's absolutely amazing super excited for season two and yeah i mean like you said you brought it up earlier social media where can people follow you because we want you to get that necessary i'm just on instagram hamish allen headley yeah i'm just on it that's the only one i'm on right now fantastic Um, yeah but thanks guys i just wanted to say too like like the uh the news portion of your podcast yeah. is yeah. incredible, dude. It's incredible. Oh, thank like, you. Yeah. Thank you so you much. Guys, uh, man, you guys are doing a huge service to like a lot of, especially up and comers, but also like, like, like I was listening to that and I was like, whoa. And I was hearing all this shit and I was like, oh man, that's great. And like take notes <laughs> and stuff, you know? So it, it's like, like that. I, and cause there isn't I uh, I haven't found a news source that, that is as thorough. Well, man, thank you, dude. We really appreciate that because I think it's important to know the business that you're trying to work in, right? And you you know, so we try to we try to put that in there as much fun as we have. We try to make it informative too. So to when to be recognized for that, dude, we greatly appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Of Of course, course, dude. Pleasure. Open invite, man. Anytime you want to come back and shoot the shit, talk about anything you want, dude. Just come on, man. We'll have you. Oh, right on, boys. Yeah, I'll be back. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Like I said, the hat, dude. Anytime, like as soon as you popped up, like hell yeah, this guy's cool. (laughs) Yeah, go Yankees. That's right, man. Go Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Take care, man, and we'll holler at you soon, buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot, boys. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That was fucking awesome. Oh, my God, dude. That's like the most straight-up, just like real guy. Real. Right? Like, like, I'm a blue-collar guy. I'm yes, a blue-collar actor. I'm a blue-collar. It was so awesome. Yes, sir. And you know, my creative brain, while we were talking to him, my creative brain, my the juices were flowing. Him... And Matt Hamilton in a buddy cop film. Holy shit. That would be Holy great. Holy shit. <laughs> How amazing would that be? That would be With so maybe great. Cole Hauser as the boss. Yes. Right. <laughs> like bring in Rip as the boss. Oh, oh my God. That yes. would be Taylor, write that shit. Or write Will it. write that or shit. Hugh Whatever. Or like, somebody, yeah, somebody write do that. that. That would be fucking epic. But I mean, so fun. That was oh. great. I, 
that is I could see him and Matt Hamilton together. Right? Like that that would be epic. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again, Hamish, for coming on the show. Alright, now it is time for our top five segment, man. And this week it is top five directors of color. And yes. Man oh man, it was so hard to try to break this down to just five. It, the last three weeks have been rough. I'm just saying. I mean, but I really kudos to our producer Jason for for doing this because what a great way to celebrate Black History Month by doing all these top five categories with, with figures of color yeah. in our industry. Rightfully so, we need to recognize more of it. And yeah, it was hard because I mean, going way back, there were some historical directors of color that were like groundbreaking and led the way to who we're seeing now. And yeah, this was a tough one. Just saying, man. Just saying. Well, my number five goes to. Antoine Fuqua. Mm. Man, oh man. I mean, all I have to say is training day. That's it. I mean, that's, that, that's enough right there. That's literally all I have to say. And it's funny because I had just watched a um, an interview with Terry Crews, and he said that just one day he just you know got on set because his buddy was casting it or whatever, but then Antoine saw Terry and was just like, dude, you want to be in a movie? And of course, like Terry's like, Fuck yeah. So every single day he made sure to bring Terry back just to, you know, give him that start. And fun fact, Terry didn't get paid for any of training day. That's crazy, right? I mean, you see what happens when you just want to get on set. And it's necessary sometimes, you know, to get that exposure and to be on such a amazing fucking part of film history i mean training day denzel and like ethan hawk i mean come on now but yes i mean that story alone is why i put him on my list at number five hell yeah dude hell yeah um my number five is one of those guys i'm talking about that that was uh, way back you go way back you'll recognize the name robert townsend mm. uh hollywood shuffle yeah eddie murphy's raw Freaking just like so many amazing films that this was groundbreaking directing from a guy that there wasn't a whole lot of black directors doing it when this guy was doing it. For sure. Um, and he ain't done. He's still most recently Black Lightning, Wonder Years. He's still going at it, guys. He's still doing a lot of stuff. Um, but he like he was not scared. And he took on like films and, and subject matter that that was Baps. You remember Baps with Warren Beatty and like right. Halle Berry? Like what? Um, just he was not scared to go after it and do things. And uh, just like I said, paved the way for a lot of the younger guys that are doing it now. And uh, kudos to him. And I love the fact that he's still doing it. If you're not watching Wonder Years, holy shit, the new Wonder Years is so fucking good. Right. Um, check that out. And like I said, Robert Townsend, my number five. Kudos, sure, man. man. I mean, such good, so good. Number four, of course. I mean, we were like literally going back and forth trying to put who all these people yeah, on who's our gonna list. get on this list? Oh, man, and I know this one. I mean, they were all, all, but this one particularly, the next few particularly. Uh, oh, yeah. Number four for me is the one and only Ryan Coogler. This guy is one of the most amazing like new age directors that we have in Hollywood right now. Oh, I, mean, I mean, with everything that he's done with his collaborations with Michael B. I mean, Fruitvale Station is just such a beautiful film. Jesus I mean, Christ, it, that shows the genius of both those men. Exactly. Like, I'm just saying. Exactly. And I mean, of course, what he's done with Black Panther and his work with Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, and his work on the next Black Panther. So I just think you know. What he's doing in Hollywood is definitely going to change the game, and that's why I think it's necessary that 
we bring him into the conversation. So that's why he's on my list. Ryan Coogler at number four. No, absolutely, absolutely. My number four, guys, is somebody that you probably recognize the name, uh, but probably most famous most recently for the Oscar nomination. And I'm, of course, talking about the missus herself, Dee Reese. Mm. Um, Mudbound. Remember Mudbound? Yeah. Netflix is big. It was like, well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, one of Netflix's first Oscar nominations. I think so. And for Dee Reese, um, she's just been killing it. But guys, it's not just for Mudbound. Everybody brings up that for her. But did you get Empire? She directed a bunch of episodes of Empire. Mm. And Space Force. With Steve Carell. I didn't she, know that. She, yeah. She, so she is like all over the place. She's absolutely killing it. So don't just like target her with Mudbound and exactly. think that's her lane. She is literally all over the place doing all different kinds of things. And a woman getting it done, right? Because unfortunately these days still the amount of colored women, you know, or women of color um, is, is directing is, is like barely – there it's non-existent and and we need more of it we need that and she is i mean paving the way for sure she's getting it done so yes exactly and exactly i mean to bring up another powerful woman of color my number three regina king oh yeah dude one night in miami come on she knocked that one out of the park especially for her directorial debut and was such amazing actors with that one i mean just, I mean, that one was a snub for me last year. That one should have got more awards. Oh, it, but without doubt. You know, it happens, it happens. She will definitely be back. I mean, she is not only such a talented actor, actress, but she is a very, very talented director as well. So I'm really excited to see what she does in the future. And we are definitely 110% behind her because she's a badass. Oh, my. Like, and not recognized nearly enough. I can't wait for her to do far more behind the camera yeah. because we all know she's great in front of it. But, yeah. like, what she's been able to do behind it has been amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. My number three is somebody that was <laughs> in the movie for his number five training day. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yes, guys. He's not just a brilliant Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning actor. The man has moved behind the camera and is getting it done as well. Yes. Fences, which he performed phenomenally on stage and then picked up the role and did it uh, in, uh, in film. Also directed that film fucking amazing jordan for journal most recently with michael b jordan the guy is getting it done did you guys know fact that denzel washington himself directed an episode of Grey's anatomy it's true it's true he's all over the place he's a crazy ass awesome director denzel washington so and i think he's finally now starting to like this is my gig this is where i want to go you might probably still see him in front of the camera a lot but i think he's he's enjoying the he's making that he's making that transition i think so so my number three denzel washington watch out world i bet i'm seeing a probably an oscar nomination at some point down the future for denzel washington as a director i agree man i agree and number two for me how could we not put this man on the list i mean come on the things that he has done in the entertainment industry as like you know a notable as a filmmaker as an indie filmmaker coming from new york and owns that shit he loves it (laughs) we're talking about the man the myth the legend himself spike lee come on who knew so many films that we could rattle off with this guy but for me my favorite film i think that he's ever done is probably Black Klansman. 
I just think that one was so underestimated. It, I mean, it got nominated for a few things, but uh, the tier that it came out, but I, it was so freaking good. You got John David Washington and Adam Driver in that thing yeah. and fucking old boy from the 70s show. Like, I mean, it was so fucking good and the rewatch value i feel like is so good and it starts a conversation which is very necessary in today's time so that's why number two for me goes to spike lee joint mr spike lee there you go so and let's not forget directed way back in the day jordan's air jordan commercials yeah like i like remember that with bruno and like i mean just come on now it was exactly fantastic those were great commercials all right my number two another epic Female director of color, Miss Ava DuVernay. Ooh, she, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. She's absolutely killing it. Everything from the 13th to August 28th to Queen Sugar to freaking I, – I can't even name all – A Wrinkle in Time. Just like so many epic projects that this woman has been behind as a director. Also f- producer, writer, like just extraordinaire. Um, she's absolutely killing it. She is bringing stuff to, to – Films, television, streamers, everywhere. She, she's. Um, I think she's got to be one of the most talented storytellers Agreed. that we have seen in a very long time, male or female. Um, she just her ability to move a story, especially dialogue-driven stories. Yeah. She's so good at that. Some character-driven stuff. Um, I really, I really am a fan of her work, and and she kind of inspires. Like what I like to do, like character driven stuff and dialogue driven stuff, and she's so good at that. And um, I think we're gonna see a whole lot more of her too. In fact, both of our lists, if we don't see like a bunch of Oscars, yeah, like something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. All of these people deserve it for sure. Agreed, man. Agreed. Now, number one for me, I mean, this guy basically created a universe himself. Like, as himself, as, like, different, like, alter egos. And I'm talking about the one and only Tyler Perry. Mm. You guys know, we talk about him all the freaking time. He is one of our idols and inspirations, you know, getting into the film game. And, of course, becoming a studio head, because that is further down the line for the one and only Crazy Ant Media. And this is someone that, you know, we want to model our work after, because he is such a special individual. He is there for all all men and women but especially men and women of color and he like he named each sound studio after different people of color who have made their stamp on the entertainment industry and i think that was so special and especially uh bringing them all out to have the unveil unveiling of that i think that was very special um because you could watch will smith's vlog vlog about it and it's just a badass Mm. time but i mean tyler perry Started, he was living in his car, guys. Living in his car. Look where he is now. He's on top of the world, and he's only going to continue to grow because he's so special, like I said. So that's why he is number one for me, Mr. Tyler Perry. I, I, I mean, it's hard to argue that. Yeah, Tyler like, Perry is like at the top of the game right now. And guys, this was a guy who was literally, literally living out of the back of his station wagon with no fucking shoes no food like like and now billionaire with his own fucking studio yep it can be done exactly that's all we're saying that's all we're just saying. saying my number one um i just if you're talking about ryan coogler if you're talking about denzel washington if you're talking about any of these young up-and-comers this man made it possible for sure um 
John Singleton, may he rest in peace. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend himself, fucking boys to up. Uh, <laughs> boys, boys to, to men. <laughs> boys in the hood. Poetic justice with Tupac and Janet Jackson uh, went on to do all kinds of stuff on television. Yeah. Um, like from Empire to just like, I, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Snowfall, he was working on right before he died. Um, legendary. You talk about a guy that was character driven with storytelling. Yeah. Um, I mean, it changed the game, guys. It, it like literally changed the game on wh- how we viewed movies and how we viewed the story of. I think it started a much need along with Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. I think John Singleton and Spike Lee started the conversation that we needed to have with what life is like living in the hood. What life is like coming up as a young black man in society today. For sure. Um, these guys started that conversation with their films and with their storytelling. And I, I think we owe a great debt to them. And, and to all of these future and up and coming filmmakers, owe that debt to them for for paving that way because now it's out there. Ava herself and all these people telling these stories, these guys did it first. Yep. And um, I mean, if you have not watched those movies, uh, Poetic Justice, in 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 my opinion, one of the least recognized phenomenal films ever go back and watch that story both tupac and janet jackson are absolutely phenomenal yeah and our girl regina king yeah. uh, killing in, it uh, just all in that film and all brilliant done directed brilliantly by singleton himself but yeah he's my number one and and i just i can't say enough i think that what he did paving the way and starting those conversations and i think up to his death was keeping those conversations going that's why he's my number one it's just it's hard man it's hard to he's a great loss it's a great loss for hollywood for sure facts facts but man oh man that is our top five directors of color we want to know who is your favorite director of color we love the conversation be sure to add us on twitter or be sure to comment below in the comment section love it love it now heading over to the box office recap man oh man i'm happy the number one performed the way it did because it was a relatively good movie and just very entertaining and that's what movies and films are supposed to be just entertaining yes um so number one uncharted you know a lot of people were fucking talking shit but i bet it was just the gamers you know it's not the same you know interpretation that came out with the game so they were like what the fuck but no i'm just saying like (laughs) it was really entertaining and they set up sequels so hopefully that happens uh but it came in at number one with 43.8 million number two was Dog with Channing Tatum and the dog with 14.9 million. Number three was Spider Man No Way Home with 7.2 million. And number four was Death on the Nile uh, with 6.5 million. And number five was Jackass Forever with 5.2 million. Yeah, so if you're keeping track, Tom Holland led films $50 million at the box office this past weekend. From what I understand, too, it looks like Uncharted is going to hold on to the number one spot for this weekend as well mm. uh, with still over $20 million. Yeah. I think everybody's just, okay, let's go see that. But next week. Next week. Next week, Tom Holland will fall. Yeah. Because the bat exactly will rise. Exactly. I'm just saying, I mean, that's not a bold prediction. No. Everybody fucking knows. Yeah, like, come on <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, new movies that are coming out this week. Studio 666. I'm super excited about. That's the one with the Foo Fighters. And yeah. And it's basically a fucking horror movie. It's, it looks so fucking funny. It did pretty good in its uh, limited release. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm pumped for that one. Uh, Crino, uh, The Burning Sea, Butter and Desperate Hour at select theaters near you. 
Movies you can still go see, Marry Me, Sing 2, Scream, The Cursed, and Blacklight. Uh, IMDb Pro's top trending segment, of course, of course, the number one trending movie is Uncharted because everybody was talking about it the week of and the week after that it came out. So everybody go see that one. It's it. really fun. Do it. Um, and top trending TV show. This one, everyone else is talking about. Inventing Anna. I gotta jump on this one. I watched the trailer and it looks very freaking interesting. Uh, and the top trending star is Julia Gardner. Of course. Obviously. It only makes sense for Inventing Anna and Ozark, probably. Exactly. Like, I, mean, just, I always love the story that the films you can still go see yeah. tell. Yeah. Like, if when you read them in order, it's always an interesting story in itself. Like, it is. you know, Marry Me and it ends with Blacklight. No. That's not mm. Mm. while screaming. <laughs> while screaming, and like yeah. yeah, yeah, no, just yeah, just read them five in order, and you'll be like, oh, that's oh, that's an interesting oh, story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can build an entire script out of just the titles from old movies. Facts, facts. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys for getting crazy with us on episode one eighty six of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest one more time hamish allen headley yes. be sure to follow him on instagram because that's where he's at be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media at itcaf podcast and at crazy ant media you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media as well myself at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 yes sir and you guys can know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast we're on anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher and so much more so much and you guys guys know you can subscribe to our channel on youtube yes. if you're watching the video we appreciate it be sure to hit the like video button on the video subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications and man oh man be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear right here right now be sure to follow us for the promotional dates all the good stuff shameless plug but yes, 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 yes. It was just such an amazing show. We rocked and rolled. I got to say, I'm super excited for all this Marvel stuff coming out. I mean, f- finally have it all under one roof, whether that be Hulu or Disney+. Plus. It's a beautiful thing. And Lyric Ross going into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, That's going to be amazing. I am so excited about Ironheart. I was a huge fan of her in the comic books. Yeah. I always thought it was an interesting storyline, and I'm super pumped that they're bringing her live action into the MCU. I agree with you. I'm super pumped about that. Uh, another thing that I loved uh, talking about was poking fun at uh, David Zasloff there for uh, Discovery Warner Media, Warner Media Discovery, you know. <laughs> whatever the fuck. Warner Brothers, bro. Yeah. Just Warner Brothers. That's all I'm saying. They're the new Viacom CBS. I know. It's like, don't make the same fucking mistake. You just saw... Warner Brothers. It just makes more sense, man. It just makes sometimes more sense. it's just common sense. Exactly. Warner Brothers. Exactly. You know what else is common sense? The way we wrap up our <laughs> our shows. That's it. That's right. We love the one, the only Oprah. Oprah!